Thanks for tuning in to the Dogwood Media Solutions podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cumby, and today we'll be talking with our creative director, Kristen Wallace, about the power of graphic design and your business. Hi, and welcome to the Dogwood Media Solutions podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cumby, and today we're hanging out with our creative director, Kristen Wallace. What's up? Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. <laughs> so My podcast debut. Yes, the debut. I hope that we get to have everybody on here at some point, but there's only so many podcasts and there's a lot of us and not mm-hmm. everybody wants to be on the podcast. So maybe we'll convince some of the, the quieter ones to get on here at some point. Um, so Kristen has been with Dogwood for two years now, and she was hired on as a graphic designer and has moved up the ranks to creative director and manages a team of other creatives. So Kristen, tell us a little bit about how you ended up at Dogwood. Yeah, so I graduated from college in 2019. I went to the University of Alabama. Roll Tide, I have to say that. Um The program that I went through was a creative advertising program, so we did a lot of marketing, advertising, graphic design type things. Um, So I graduated from there, and then I worked in Tuscaloosa for a little bit for a sports marketing company. Mm -hmm. And then after my contract ended there, I was looking for a new job and then got connected with Brian at Dogwood in Montgomery and moved here, and I've been here for a little over two years since. So kind of crazy. That is kind of crazy. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. Do you ever think you'd be in Montgomery, Alabama? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was talking to a girl recently after I moved here who had also just moved here. And we kind of came to the conclusion. We're like, I feel like people don't really plan to come to Montgomery. Mm-hmm. You just kind of end up there. Yeah. But at the same time, it a lot of people, once they live here for a while, it's like, okay, it gets a bad rep, but it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the people that give Montgomery the worst rep are the people that were born here Mm -hmm. because but I feel like that's true everywhere like you know Mm -hmm. you never want to be in the place where you grew up right exactly there's just something about that Um, as somebody who grew up here and is still here it does get better Mm -hmm. so you know it gets a bad rep but good uh Kim was the person that connected yes. us, right? shout out to Kim if she's listening. <laughs> I wouldn't have a job if it weren't for Kim. <laughs> we'll have to send it to her so she can hear her, her um, shout yeah. out. Kim Andrews was my BCM campus minister at UA, and she used to work with Brian. And so when she knew I was looking for another job, she was like, oh, well, I'll connect you to this guy. And then the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about graphic design that you just really love? Like why make it your whole career? So, fun story. Um, when I started college, I started as a social work major. That's different. <laughs> yeah. Very different than what I'm doing now. That lasted a whole one semester. <laughs> um, and then I switched from social work because I realized that I am not I don't have the type of personality for social work. It takes a really special person to yeah. be a social worker. Yeah. And I am not. Um, but you know, uh self awareness is key. So I switched to PR and then did that for a little bit. And then at Alabama, the advertising and public relations majors are in the same department. Mm -hmm. And so then I just kind of did a shift to advertising from PR. And then from that, I started doing graphic design classes and a graphic design minor. I really didn't expect to go into some sort of like artistic career. So when I was a kid, I wanted to be an artist. And I had all of these drawings. They weren't good because I'm not good at painting or drawing or any of that. Uh, Some people assume that graphic designers are good at that. And some graphic designers are good at that. I'm not one of them. Um, But 
uh, as I got older and then I was always sort of more creative minded, just mm-hmm. not so much in the traditional art sense. Um, and then I ended up having to take a few graphic design courses as part of my advertising major. Like they were just requirements. I didn't mm-hmm. even want to take them. And I was like, oh, this is this is pretty fun. And so, yeah. And then I started did a graphic design minor and started taking more classes. And that's kind of how I got into it. Um, and I feel like one of the things about graphic design that I really enjoy is that it's almost like problem solving, mm-hmm. which to an extent, a lot of marketing is problem solving. Right. Um, but graphic design, I feel like it's kind of like a puzzle. You know, it's very satisfying to figure out the perfect layout or the perfect design that kind of works and Mm -hmm. solves the problem and communicates the message that you're trying to communicate to your audience. And I think that's a unique aspect of art that I enjoy doing. Yeah. Random question. Did your art classes involve you having to, like, draw boxes? Boxes? Um... I don't think so. <laughs> I ask because so Chase, my my husband Chase, um, he was a graphic design major for like a whole semester. Oh, I didn't know that um, because he had no idea what he wanted to do with his life, and he was like, "I like to draw." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he took one class, like his intro to whatever class, mm-hmm. and they made him draw boxes for like the entire semester. And I later found out that he just stopped going to class after like <laughs> I don't know six weeks or something um, because he was tired of drawing boxes. And amazing. Yeah. I mean, I would get tired of that too. I took one class where we had to draw like. Each each project was a different shape, and so we did do one that was circles, and we did one that was lines. We never did boxes, but it was only, like, one project. It mm-hmm. was never a whole class. Because so I remember I did these little half circles, and then I filled some of them in so they looked like little bunny rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else in my class had these really deep, meaningful art pieces, and I had little bunnies hopping right. around the page. You, like, go up to present, <laughs> and you're like, bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> That was literally how it went. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll move into the blog. So this blog that we're diving into a little bit deeper is about the power of graphic design for businesses. Um, and so actually Beth wrote this blog just because Beth is one of our, our writers. But um, typically when she writes things that are outside of her wheelhouse, she talks to our other folks. And so that's why we're talking to Kristen today, because that makes the most sense. Um, so... Why is having visual elements, whether it's a graphic or photos or whatever, um, important in blogs, social, all the places? So people are very visual learners, Mm -hmm. I think. And not everyone, but for the most part, I think we are all, to an extent, very visual learners. Um, And I think at the same time, especially in marketing, when you're trying to get a message across, you have to be as concise and simple as possible. Not because people aren't smart enough to understand it, but because we are very protective of our time in this day and age. And I think um, there are so many things vying for our attention. So when you're scrolling through a website or you're scrolling through social media, like you don't have time to stop and really try and figure out what something is or if you have the time to pay attention to it or not. And so I think visuals are such an important aspect of that because it's that thing that catches someone's attention. Mm -hmm. It's that thing that catches their eye that makes them want to read the words that are associated with that visual. Right. And I think if you don't have that, then you are going to have a really hard time grasping um, people's attention Mm -hmm. uh, just because of everything. I mean, we have so many screens, so many things. And I think all of that is to our benefit for the most part. I mean, there's obviously pros and cons. 
But, you know, it's just how technology is advancing. And I think we also have to adapt our messaging to adjust with technology. Yeah. So I was actually talking to Dominique, um, our one of our newest social media folks this morning about why we make sure that there's a graphic or an image or whatever with all of our social posts. Um, Cause that was one of the questions she had was like, do I have to have a graphic for everything? And I told her, you know, it doesn't have to be a graphic in the sense of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, designed graphic necessarily. Like it can be a photo, it can be, you know, a, a link to something that right. like pulls a photo in or whatever, but everything needs some sort of visual element because when you're scrolling through social media or through websites or whatever, you're not going to stop and read the first sentence of everything to find out what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you said, it's that image that really grabs mm-hmm. your attention. Um, so with that being said, why is it important to make sure that those those design elements are good, i.e. you get a professional and not your mm-hmm. teenager to do it? So that's a great question. And it's one of those that you feel like the answer is obvious, but at the same time, people still do it. Um. But I think when you're scrolling through and you're looking at graphics and you're looking at images, you can have an image that looks terrible and it will grab people's attention. Right. You know, it will accomplish part of your goal. But at the same time, you don't want to grab people's attention for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And if something is poorly designed, sometimes people won't notice it. There's a group of people that will not notice if something is poorly designed and that's fine. But... There is also a large number of people that are going to notice because even though everyone in the world is not a graphic designer, everyone in the world is not an artist, uh, a large amount of people have good taste of what looks good and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so you have to cater your product to those people. And if you're putting stuff out that doesn't look good, then that also reflects whatever service you're trying to offer. If you can't present it in a way that is visually appealing, then those people are going to say, well, why should I use this service? Mm -hmm. Because clearly they're not very good at every aspect of what they're doing. And not that you, I think people have this expectation that they do have to be good at all of the little pieces and you don't have to be good at all the little pieces, but it is important to find someone that is good at that part for you so that you can still accomplish that goal because people are like, well, I'm a, I'm a neurosurgeon. Why does my design have to look good? I just got to be able to operate on people's brains. That's true. I don't care if my neurosurgeon can design well, but it is important that my neurosurgeon knows what he's doing is in, and is informed. And if I can't see that from his branding, then I'm not going to look much further to get to that end goal that you right. want. Yeah. I mean, if you go to, you know, a website for a, a neurosurgeon, mm-hmm. since that's the example we're giving, like mm-hmm. if their website looks awful and looks like a 12 year old made it uh-huh. and it doesn't make sense and it's hard to navigate and there's no visuals anywhere. Right. Like that seems kind of sketchy. I mean, everybody has done this. Like you go to a website to learn more about a company and you go, Oh, never uh-huh. mind. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So everybody knows this. Like, I feel like when you think about it, everybody goes, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But before they think about it, they're kind of like, oh, well, why does that matter as right. long as I'm good at my job? Right. And if you think about the brands that, you know, are the most popular that we identify with that, you know, really stand out, most of them have good design. Mm-hmm. There are no big corporate brands that we all look at that have made it this far in their companies and been this successful that have bad looking design. You know, it all is well done because that's an investment that's important for you to be able to take your product further, farther. Yeah. So... Similarly to that, how do we make sure that things still look good now? Like, for example, Coca-Cola or Pepsi, 
Like mm-hmm. those companies were created like a hundred years ago or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And their brand has stayed like mostly consistent, mm-hmm. but obviously it looks different now than it did then. And, you know, what looks good now in 2023, if we looked at something from 1980, we'd probably be like, that's not so great anymore, even though it was awesome back Uh then. uh So how do we make sure that things are still good and how do we know when they're not anymore? Yeah, I think that is that is a good question. And that is something that a lot of brands struggle with and something that's not really easy to answer all the time. Because, for example, uh, like you said, Coca-Cola, I think they're a very unique brand and that they've been able to make slight adjustments to their logo over time to make it fit the trends of today. So Mm -hmm. their logo has changed a little bit. You can look up pictures of the old logo versus now and they have the the typeset Coca-Cola scripty kind of font and like they've adjusted it as the years have gone on. Um, But it has stood the test of time because of that. And some of that comes from them being such a well-known brand mm-hmm. that you can kind of get away with it looking a little bit more old style because it's Coca-Cola. Right. Um, and so part of that is just brand awareness and people knowing who you are and you being that good of a brand that you can stick with it. But at the same time, I think when that initial logo is created, um, it's important to not play too much into trends when you're designing a logo mm-hmm. because, like you said, trends go out of style. Right. Graphic design is a lot like fashion. You know, things come back, things go out of style. We got high-waisted jeans. Some say the low-rise jeans are coming back. No. We rebuke that in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. But it's the same kind of thing. You know, fashion is ever-evolving, so is design. And so it's important when you're designing a brand to begin with to not be too trendy with what's popular right now, because then your logo will look good for maybe a year or two, Mm -hmm. but then it'll be out of style. And I think um, another thing is, so there are a lot of brands that maybe do have outdated logos because when they were designed, they were very fitting for that time. I think it's important for brands to remember that they don't have to be afraid of adjusting their brand if they have come to the realization that it is outdated and the design is just very old and not working anymore because there are adjustments you can make that will still stay true to your core values, but can also update your brand to make it last longer, to be more meaningful, to have more legs. Right. Um, Because there are a lot of people who probably are going to say, well, my logo was made in the 80s and we didn't think about that then. And so now what do we do? It's okay if you feel like you need to change it a little bit now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's important if you are a new company or if you are first making your brand to think about the longevity of it and think about, well, what, what is going to stay true? And we never know exactly what trends are coming and going. But um, it is important just as a note to stay away from the very trendy styles and try and make it more generic. Generic in the sense of like it long lasting. Like yeah. it's not too too niche, right. too specific. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. So similarly, let's say that somebody has come in with a logo that they're like, my grandma drew this logo in the 60s. And I'm super attached to it. How how do we feel? How should, <laughs> like would you encourage people to stay away from things that they're like super attached to when it mm-hmm. comes to design and logos? Is there value to that? Mm-hmm. As far as you know, you love it, therefore you're gonna mm-hmm. sell it more. Mm-hmm. Is there a balance between mm-hmm. those kind of things? I think there is a balance. I think it. I think one thing that's unique about you know if someone came in with something their grandma drew from sixty years ago. I think. That is a 
personal element that a lot of brands don't have. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of logos out there today that are very generic. um, And they might stand the test of time for a while, but they also might not have any meaning behind them. Right. And so I think there's a balance. If you have something that you know sets your company, your brand apart from the others, and you want to feature that in your logo, I think that adds a lot of value. And that's also something that's going to make it have that longevity because that personal connection that you have to it is not going to go away. That story behind why it was made is not going to go away. Um, I think there's a balance in that you may not want it to be styled exactly how your grandmother drew it 60 years ago. But there are definitely elements that we could pull from some sort of visual that you have and put that into your logo. Um, For example, I was talking to one of our media strategists, Becca, the other day, and uh, her she goes to Delrada Baptist Church, and um, she has been using in our in their social media. We've been using this uh, quick little drawing that she made of the steeple of their church, Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of help consolidate their branding. We haven't been using it as a logo, but just as a feature in their social media. Um, and the other day she was at church and someone came up to her and showed her this like pamphlet from like years ago, just an old printed thing they had had. And apparently their old logo used to have that exact same steeple featured on it. And then at some point they changed to a different logo, but they had used it so many years ago. And so now not even intentionally, but it's like we're being able to like kind of bring that element back Mm -hmm. into their branding, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Mm -hmm. So similarly to that, what is the purpose or the reasoning behind being consistent in your design elements, whether, I mean, not necessarily your logo, but you know, all, obviously, you know, all the things, (laughs) you know, colors or, the, the feel, the vibe, those kind of things, whether we're talking about the website or graphics mm-hmm. or, you know, blog posts, mm-hmm. all that kind of good stuff. I think, um, for example, let's say for we'll take our dogwood social media as an example. Let's say we're putting out all of these posts and they all look great. But they all look different. Like they don't have the same colors. They don't have the same fonts or whatever. They might still accomplish some of our goal. It's still going to get a message across. It might catch some people's eye and they'll say, oh, that looks nice. Um, But there's not going to be any consistency there as people are viewing it multiple times. So, But by using elements like we have this topographic map that we use and our certain colors and our fonts that we use, then you're going to – people scrolling through and seeing those are going to start subconsciously associating those elements with our brand. Mm -hmm. And so they'll be scrolling through. Even – I mean, I'll do it. Obviously, I see our things more often than others. But, like, I see that green color or that map and it catches my eye. I'm like, oh, that's a dogwood thing. Oh, that's this thing. Uh, And we do that with all kinds of brands. Like you see something and you know who it's associated with because they have done such a good job of incorporating it um, into their brand. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is just important if you want people to remember your brand. I think you can still get messaging across without consistency, but you're not going to accomplish nearly as much as you could if everything was consistent and everything is coming from the same source and has the same look and the same feel. Um, and then it also as a whole, it just looks more professional. It looks more put together. It looks like you've put thought behind your brand mm-hmm. rather than just throwing things out there that might still look good, but don't look the same. Yeah. Yeah. I always think about the, what was it? Two or three years ago when Doritos did that commercial mm-hmm. where like they never said Doritos, they never put the logo up, mm-hmm. but they were like, you know what this is about. Yeah. And like, that was just such a cool example of like you know who this is even if they don't Mm -hmm. tell you who it is Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even necessarily because of you know 
the because like I said, they never put the logo uh-huh. up there. It was just the vibe of uh-huh. what they're like. You recognize the chip bag and you recognize yeah. just like their bravado mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about things. So I thought yeah. that was a very good example of why it's so important to like uh-huh. make sure those things are consistent across the board. Definitely. Yeah. If you have your brand and you can get your brand to a point where you don't even have to put your name on things, but people still know who it is, then you've done your job. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for explaining a little bit more about why design is so important. Um, It was really fun having you on as a guest. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll have you on again sometime in the near future. Yeah. Um, Next episode, Brian will be interviewing our senior web developer, John Furr, and giving y'all the inside scoop on what it's like being a developer here at Dogwood. If you like what you're hearing, you can head on over to dogwoodmediasolutions.com and check out our other blogs. We have four years worth of blogs there for you to check out and learn all kinds of things, whether it's about graphic design or social media or email marketing, whatever it is, we probably have content about it. If you want to connect with us on social media, you can also find us, um, all of our links on our website. That's an easy way to find us. And then last but not least, if you haven't subscribed and reviewed our podcast yet, please do so. That helps us a lot with getting this information out to the people that need to hear it. So thanks for tuning in to the Dogwood Media Solutions podcast. And until next time, happy marketing. Happy marketing.